0: Real Fun DC. Hospitality and a little bit of sass are always on the menu. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, on Real Fun DC. So 2021 has really started off with a bang. You know, I have always bristled when people have called DC a government town. It's one of the thriving industries here, but I would always clarify that there is a variety of industries in this city that have nothing to do with the government. There's so much culture and cuisine and creativity and it's usually all on display and uh, we all get to partake in it. But unfortunately right now all of that is on hold thanks to a traitorous mob last week. Uh, The loss is tragic. On so many levels, not only have people died, um, but you know, as if our hospitality industry isn't dealing with um, a horrible pandemic. I mean, we're all dealing with this horrible pandemic, um, but their businesses, are once again, are being severely attacked and financially. Inauguration is normally a huge money maker for this city. It is days and days of celebrations and private dining and parties and hotel rooms etc catering you name it um but with the city on lockdown that it's not happening so listen on every show that i do since the beginning of this pandemic i always ask you to please support our restaurants we need to save our restaurants so again i ask you to reserve to order get to go and my favorite two things buy gift cards. My neighborhood once a month, 20 neighbors, we all buy gift cards and we do a socially distanced grab bag together. Also, you can organize neighborhood drops, call your favorite restaurant, get a group of people together. They will come to you. Lots of ways to engage in your restaurant communities and help these people who we all love so much. So I finished that little monologue with, yes, you can and you should. And now on with our show. So um, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I'm Nikki Nellis. I've been covering the DC food and wine scene for about 18 years now. You may follow me on social media at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S, on Instagram and Twitter. I am on Facebook, but I hate it, so not a lot there. Um, you hear me on WTOP talking about trends and things happening in the DC food and wine and hospitality scene. Foodie and the Beast. I do that radio show every Sunday with my husband, David. We just celebrated 12 years on air. And lastly, where I got my start, thelistareyouonit.com. It's an online e-zine. We talk about everything happening in the DC food, wine and hospitality scene. So if you are looking for um, inauguration specials, you will find them there. There's lots of fabulous opportunities restaurant week it has been pushed back it is now starting on the 25th and going to the 7th you've got two weeks of restaurant deals you can outdoor dine in yurts and igloos and parklets all that information in there and as we have said business owners are dealing with plenty of pandemic woes um plus all these newer restrictions it's hard to know what's going to be in what's going to be out but lots of chefs Uh, and restaurateurs have been doing um, ghost kitchens or pop-ups. I don't know, we'll get into what the difference is between a ghost kitchen and a pop-up because I have some gripes about that. But it's pandemic pop-ups. They're happening all over the city and I have an incredible crew of people on today to talk about what they're doing. Uh, Gerard Bertillon, who's been on the show before uh, with Cuisine Solutions, they're doing a really interesting pop-up up in New York City. And of course, we're going to talk about International Sous-Vide Day, which is happening on Tuesday, January 26th. Later in the show, we'll be talking with Nick Wiseman from Little Sesame, Nathan Beauchamp from, uh, well, from a lot of restaurants, but he launched a pop-up called Fedwitch. And I mean, nope, that's Rob. Rob Sunderman did Fedwitch. Nathan Beauchamp is doing No Soup for You. So uh, we're going to talk with all of them about what they're doing. Gerard, let's start with you. How are you?
0: see here i'm un- unmuted Hi. uh we're doing well we have um we've been busy preparing for uh, international sous day uh last year we did a great event at the conrad and uh you were part of it um doing the nc so uh, um unfortunately we're not going to be seeing a face to face this year but uh the biggest advantage we're going to have this year is we're going to have many more uh cook, home cook, chef, who are going to be able to join all the festivities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be over seven hours of virtual uh, interviews, uh, cooking demonstration. Uh, we have uh, one hour on uh, Bruno Cuso, our chief scientist. It's almost like a chef table. We uh, we had uh, somebody following up in uh, France and Europe. Um, we're going to have four chefs cooking from uh, four parts of the world. One's going to be in France. Um, one is going to be, a lady is going to be cooking from the um, from New Orleans. Uh, one of the chefs cooking in the highest restaurant in the world at the uh, Burj Khalifa in Dubai. And we're going to have Ian Kanichai cooking from Bangkok. So uh, they were a 30-minute demonstration. Uh, with Unique, we had a great uh, talk with Daniel Bolu, uh, Kyle Conneton from Single Thread, and uh, Grace Ramirez. Um, we're going to have uh, hospitality. We have Brad Nelson from uh, from uh, Marriott, Mark Heller from Hilton, uh, Olivier Gopin from Benchmark, um, many, many more guests. We have. Um, well, it's let a me whole break week.
1: in, Gerard. Let me break in if you will allow me to for a second. So, I've been a part of International CV Day for uh, the last couple of years. The first time. It was a massive blowout party at the French embassy. And it was just incredible. And then last year, you guys brought in like everybody, like Jose Andre, like all these chefs from around the world came in, Michelin star chefs. And you did this incredible um, soiree at uh, the Conrad Hotel, not long after it opened. And it's always been, um, and Carla Hall was there with me and we, we had so much fun. It's always been this like, just this incredible party and a real celebration of sous vide and so this year everything's going to be online it is a full day of celebrations. can you just tell everybody a little bit about what cuisine solutions is and how sous vide cooking why you're celebrating sous vide cooking
0: well um myself i've been with cuisine solution for 31 years um, i started doing some sous vide when i was uh in france um but um you know, you talk about sous vide 20 years ago, 30 years ago, many people uh, didn't know what it was. I even have some people say, you want me to cook in a bag? Uh, but clearly, uh, we did a lot of education. We work with uh, some top chefs like Thomas Keller, who never did sous vide before. We uh, helped train his, his team. Um, so uh, we have trained 40, uh, more than 45 three-star Michelin and many, many chefs from all around the world. And we thought um, it would be good to join everybody. It's not about cuisine solution, but it's a celebration, but a great technique that many chefs have been uh, using now in their kitchen. They understand the, the hardest thing you can do. You can make great recipe, but it's hard to do it all year long, every day. And uh, depending on which cook is cooking, it's going to be different. So that brings so much more uh, convenience and, and, and consistency and enhance the product, the flavor, the texture, the color. So we thought it would be a, a, a great event to get all people from all around the world who love this technique, or either in a restaurant or at home and make a big celebration. And uh, we got some a lot of great feedback. Two years ago, when you were at the embassy, I was at the Bocuse d'Or. We had uh, more than a, close to a 200 chefs. We are at at, at the SIRA uh inside so it was a uh, it was a lot of fun um so that's that's why we do cuisine solution of course we have uh six plants we cook all over the world we have a plant in thailand in france and now we just open a new plant in uh, texas 320,000 square feet mm. so yes we sell uh, um, uh, cook product but we keep it really simple so like that the uh the end user instead of buying a raw chicken they just buy a cooked chicken salt pepper they can do italian uh, restaurant uh, any kind of food we do the last thing i'm a chef i work in two three star michelin myself the last thing we want to do is to take the creativity out of the chef so we want to be our team we want to be their line cook we don't want to be their sous chef we don't want to be their uh, sh- uh, chef the party we want to give them minimal product so they still have the great creativity then they can do, whatever style. Many of chefs who have a uh, mini restaurant needs to use it. You want, in a the hotel, they have usually three or four different restaurants using the same ingredient. They can plate in different places. And, um, and talking about Crea, we've been, uh, you know, when we started, we didn't want to talk too much about sous vide, but we saw a lot of people uh, doing sous vide and some of them not doing the right thing. So we said, we don't want to make sure everybody's cooking safely So we brought CREA from France. Uh, We're still giving course in France, but we have a CREA also in the US where we train chefs. It's a three-day course where they can really learn from A to Z how to cook, uh, not only cook, but all the safety, how to use the equipment. Uh, Many people think, oh, I need to do as much vacuum as I can. And uh, if you do that with fish, all the albumin come out. So there is a lot of thing to learn about sous vide, it's not just putting something in a bag and sealing it.
1: Well, I think that's what's so important. Um, I always say about sous vide, what I think is so interesting is that, you know, 15 years ago, if you went to French Laundry or the Inn at Little Washington, you know, sous vide cooking was only in Michelin star restaurants. So the fact that now it's incorporated um, in so many different styles of restaurants, that it's really, you know, you go to Starbucks and you can get your sous vide egg bites. Um, it, it's fascinating. So let's talk about the pop-up that you're doing up in New York with Prêt-à-Manger, Jack yeah. how did that Well,
0: the, the, the pop-up, since you can use uh, the same ingredient and change uh, depending the garnish, the way you reheat it, the way you you, uh, you put a rub on it, we decide to, um, to do a, a partnership with Prêt-à-Manger. You know, Prêt-à-Manger are usually doing a lot of breakfast and lunch because they are at a great location where there is a lot of buildings and a lot of worker. Well, right now everybody's working from home and they are not uh, downtown. So their location is, uh, you know, they close some of their restaurant and the restaurants were open are not doing uh, a, a huge volume. So our goal was to, they have the location, they have the great location. They are really close to, uh, to their customers is uh, what about creating some uh, concept? So we have uh, with our team we have um, we have a chef who worked uh, nine years with uh, Jose Andres, uh, uh, Sean Wheaton. Uh, he opened uh, seven restaurants for Jose. We task him to create uh, eleven different concepts from uh, Thai food to uh, to uh, a chicken concept to uh, a different concept. So we use the same ingredients. And the same chicken is going to be used right now. We opened five of those concepts in New York. We opened a week ago and it's called uh, C-S-D-A-K. And the dark kitchen is for dark assembled kitchen. Since everybody's using ghost kitchen and dark kitchen, when you open a kitchen, you need really a uh, lot of qualified staff to cook. And our goal was since now a lot of people are, have, um, before COVID, had difficulties to find staff. And now you're not going to be able to keep as many people in the kitchen. You want to be, be able to do a lot of things really fast. And um, having product already cooked where you just reheat by searing it or in a turbo chef or so forth, you are able to assemble meal in less than four minutes. Mm-hmm. So that goes really fast. And it's, uh, you don't have to train somebody or send them to school for four or five years. So uh, it's an uh, it's interesting uh, concept. We hope it's going to be working well. So go to CWWCS DAC, and you can see what we, uh, we have created. And the goal is to, even for the chef, you know, right now they have a restaurant. They're doing takeout. They're doing couple things. Why not creating a, a, a dark kitchen inside of their uh, restaurant, even if it's Italian? They can do fried chicken. They can do a lot of different concepts. Today, it's, a, it's, a, it's about survival. It's about creating more venues to support your restaurant, support your team, try to bring back as much team as you can. And, um, you know, it's, it's, when you have a, a, a sous vide product fully cooked, it's pretty easy to train somebody.
1: Right. Well, I love the concept. And, you know, if, for people who are interested for International Sous Vide it's open to the public. You just have to register and then you have access to all the different interviews, all the different demos, um, and for those who are interested in sous vide, it, you're right. I, I think explaining to people that it's more, much more than food in a bag that you then boil. It's it's part of the cooking process. I mean, I do use the 72 hour short rib all the time. I mean, that's something I buy because I love it. But I don't just, you know, defrost it. I, you know, make it my own. It becomes a part of another dish. Um,
0: and I think for the chef, it's going to be really educational because, you know, they are not going to listen to us. You know, we're not here to preach. But the interview that we did, you saw when we asked Daniel how he used sous vide and how that helping during feeding up to 2,000 people, you know, the, the first responders and, and meals on wheels and, uh, and for uh, Kyle to feed the, you know, all the people who suffer through the fire in California um well and grace
1: and, ramirez is working with world central kitchen and you guys made an incredible donation
0: yeah um, it,
1: to them. It, 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 it's amazing
0: and you're going to learn also from uh, you know hilton and marriott and benchmark leaders how sous is helping them uh in the hotel in the in in dining the grab-and-goes and concepts. so i think the chef are, 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 have a love to learn from people who are suffering today in, uh, in COVID and see how they react, how they start is trying to stay afloat, creating, you know, thinking out of the box. You know, if people are say, well, we're just waiting for the vaccine and it's gonna come back to normal, it's, it's never gonna come back to normal. Yeah. And uh, people note, who have, have succeeded.
1: Gerard, on that note, I have to wrap you up. So if yep. you could tell everybody, please
0: where they can find information on International Sous Vide Day and Cuisine Solutions. Well, join us and registering at uh, www.internationalsousvide.com, mm-hmm. And also what Nikki forgot to tell you that we giving some uh, giveaway. We already gave some immersion circulator. We're gonna give them some smoker. So as soon you register, you'll be uh, uh, eligible to win some uh, giveaway. Excellent. And also if you want to learn more about the, the DAC, You can look at the menu and everything is prepared. uh, It's uh, www.csdak.com. Excellent.
1: Gerard, thank you so much, and I'll see you on the
0: 26th. And I'll see you on the 26th, everybody. Okay,
1: thank you. Uh, All right, this is Nikki Nellis, Industry Night on Real Fun DC. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Nick Wiseman of Little Sesame.
0: It's Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis.
1: And we're back on Industry Night with Nikki Nellis on Real Fun DC. Did you know you can ask Alexa? Hey, Alexa, turn on Real Fun DC. Not only will you get to hear me, but you'll get to hear all the other shows that are now appearing on Real Fun DC. So we're doing pandemic pop-ups because it's a pandemic and there are a lot of pop-ups. So Nick Wiseman, you know him from Little Sesame. He's been a part of the food scene for quite some time. Uh, Nick Hi,
2: Hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
2: Good. See um.
1: Let's talk a little bit about let's go back in time. Let's go back to like February 15th, 2020. Where was your head at? What was happening for you? What were your best laid plans? What, what was going to happen for you?
2: Oh, the best laid plans. Um, So we, you know, we were exposed to that little sesame have like a big year for growth. So, you know, we had opened two stores and and sort of thought we'd figured out, um, you know, what we were doing. And uh, it took us, you know, we had opened the first one way back in 2016. So, um, you know, it took us a while to sort of cobble together the model and figure out what, you know, little sesame was going to be in the world. And uh, sort of the beginning of of last year was sort of our time to, to grow. And so we had plans to do three stores last year. Um, and uh, the first one, we started swinging hammers in the middle of March. So literally, um, you know, right when everything, sort of the world started grumbling. So luckily we sort of put pause on that, but we, um, you know, basically decided to, to put a hold on everything. So, you know, the, you know our big plans of, of growing were, were put on hold and pretty quickly we shifted to do other things. We started doing emergency meals in the city um, and, and just took a step back and really thought about like what we wanted to do in the long term, knowing sort of how big of an impact this is going to have on the whole landscape.
1: Well, Nick, let's just back up a little bit. I mean, can we explain what the Little, little Sesame model is? Because I know what it is, and I'm sure lots yeah. of people do it, but not
2: so, yeah, You know, we were a lunch fast casual, you know, it was built around hummus, um, healthy lunches, you know, inspired by the Middle East. Um, and for us, we wanted to be downtown where people were working. And you know, we saw ourselves as sort of an oasis to get away from a busy work day. And so you know, we came from more fine dining side of hospitality. We wanted to sort of bring that spirit to, to fast casual and give people a real escape from their busy days. And so we were, you know, our, our spaces were all in the middle of the city, downtown, um, office workers you know, taking a break. Um, and so obviously, you know, as, as the pandemic hit and, and everyone sort of fleed the city, um, it left us, you know, sort of having to revert and then figure out a new path forward.
1: And so what does that path forward look like now? Now that we're here and, <laughs> you know, not like it does, you know, March and April and May and June, I mean, you know, every day was like a new thing. Although I feel like sometimes we feel like that because we're always we dealing with so many different things here, plus a pandemic. But what? how do you decide to roll forward now, especially given where your locations were and... Employees,
3: how do, you, how do you go to do
2: that? Yeah, I mean, I think the underlying goal is still the same, right? Like, you know, we want to make food that's good for people and good for the planet, and you know, I, just how we do it and where we do it, I think, is going to change a lot. And so, I think you're seeing the, the sh- cities shifting a bunch, and and you know, people working from home, I, I think that's going to be a trend that's going to stay for a while longer. And with the sort of the cool outcome of that is that, like, there's a lot of vibrancy in neighborhoods, um, you know, with the neighborhoods. Which were residential and kind of drained out in the day. Have all this life during them, uh, during the week, and um, you know it's sort of a lot has changed. You know, I think in D.C., a lot of folks would like to go downtown to eat uh, both during the day and at night, and that's where there was a density of restaurants. And now you're seeing this proliferation of, of restaurants around around the edges of the city and in neighborhoods. And um, so you know it, it's you know again, I think more than anything, the pandemic just sort of accelerated everything that was already underway. Um, So I think for us, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, where, what are neighborhoods that we fit well and and then how does we like reshape the concept a bit that, you know, it can serve that audience, you know, serve families and serve kids and uh, you know, people on the way home from work. Um, So I think, you know, that's sort of the way we're looking at it in the the, sort of the macro picture. And, you know, we still have our stores downtown and, you know, I'm still a believer people are going to go back to the office and and we'll still be able to serve that, that customer that, you know, when they're, when they're back downtown, but, uh, you know, right now, you know, we we launched at the Sugar Fox pop-up in, in Chevy Chase, and for us, that was like, how, what does it feel like to be in a neighborhood and, uh, you know, serve family meals built around, you know, for us, this was rotisserie chicken and hummus uh, and sort of seasonal vegetables. But was
1: rotisserie chicken a part of your offerings before? Was that something that you were
2: looking to expand on? So, you know, it's like chicken and cauliflower shawarma were always like a through line. So I was like, you know, our... Core offerings are always like the cauliflower and chicken charm and our hummus. Um, and we do oat milk soft serve. And so those are the things that we like sort of, we, we believe are sort of our signature items. And, um, but we hadn't done it rotisserie style and but rotisserie style lends itself really well for dinner and again, for family meals. So, um, and that's sort of what the iteration is here at, at Sugar Fox um, where we're doing mostly built around family meals where you get, you know a whole roasted chicken Um, shawarma spice it's our home blend of 13 spices it's uh, dry brined and then and then cooked in our rotisserie ovens and it's served with our hummus and pita and then all these beautiful selection of seasonal sides
1: how is it for you because to me I mean your pita and your hummus like when I eat your hummus I'm like right this is what hummus is supposed to taste like you know than what you buy in a store which you know know, no longer sitting there so how how do you how do you sort of make sure that that happens the consistency um and then obviously like with the whole to go component changes everything right i mean because what how you serve it in your even though you're a fast casual concept how it gets served there is totally different than how it gets served when it gets to my house 25 minutes later
2: yeah no and then like, that's a big learning curve the whole year is like food that Holds well and and translates well to delivery, and that you know can can survive a ride home with kids in the back seat. And I think that's sort of, you know, the the learning that I think all of us have been through this year, and, and sort of figuring out what that looks like. Um, but again, you know, I think our food has always been built to travel well, and and you know especially the hummus and the hummus, um, you know, we're producing out of our out of our existing stores, so. Uh, you know, we've spent four years making a, it's a su- super simple dish and we've, you know, with five ingredients and we've spent a long time really focusing on just making that consistently every single day. Um, and, you know, so we're super happy with where we've landed there.
1: Well, that's great. Okay, so listen, Nick, can you tell everybody where they can find you now, what their parties people can use, um, and uh, how long you'll be, the rotisserie will be?
2: Yeah. So uh, you can get our downtown stores. They're open, um, at L street, which is at 18th and L, which is open Monday to Friday at, for lunch. Uh, and then our Chinatown store is open Wednesday to Sunday, uh, for dinner. And those stores are both open and, and on all the third-party sites for delivery. Uh, or you can order on our website at eat little sesame. We also offer delivery there. That is preferable. Okay. Um, and then, um, And the Sugar Fox pop-up is up in Chevy Chase. It's on 5024 Connecticut Avenue, right by, you know, between Politics and Pros and Little Red Fox and our friends over at Bucks. Um, And we are here for 10 weeks. So this is week two. Um, And for that, you have to pre-order the day before. Uh, For the next day, we've been selling out. Uh, We've had an awesome reception in the neighborhood. So um, jump on our website and ordering is available for tomorrow night.
1: All right, Nick, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you on um, Instagram, please. Just yes, so on
2: Instagram, we're just at Eat Little Sesame. Excellent. Thank, you. thank you, Nikki.
1: Thanks so much. It's so exciting. I can't wait to get my hands on some. You know how much I love your hummus and, um, and your pita bread, which I'm eating way more pita bread than I have been, like, ever in my life. <laughs> basically. We all, that's we that's all the need some for right now. They should call it a carb-demic, not a pandemic, yes. because carbs are my friend now. All right, so up next, uh, let's hit Nathan. Hey, Nathan, how are you? It's
3: been a well, thanks. How are you, Nikki?
1: So, I mean, this was all good timing. Um, I'm not going to say who because it's not out yet, but I actually had another pop-up that popped up in December that was going to be joining me today, and unfortunately, they did not make it. So, uh, and it was pure serendipity that I got a press release um, about your pop-up yes just talk a little bit about your your group who you're with the restaurants that you're doing sort of covidish what's happening for you
3: sure Uh, yeah so we're uh we have blagden hospitality group is what we have and then uh, under that umbrella we have uh tiger fork which is in uh blagden alley as well as calico Mm uh fainting which is on u street uh just off of 14th and u um as well as we did uh, a pop-up starting in this summer on the roof of of Union Market, which now is called High Lawn, uh, which we are partners with Paul Carlson from, uh, uh, Lulu's Wine Garden in the Royal, which has been fun. And to see, it's actually,
1: uh, is that, delightful. A, is that open that, now?
3: Yeah, it's open now. Yeah. Oh, so we're it, doing, so oh. it's open right now. We're doing, uh, just the weekends we're doing brunch because it's very cold outside and it's all weather dependent. Um, but that's going well. And then, um, We also had uh, Hey Hey Tiger out in Tyson's Galleria. uh, And that is in the works. So we were open for Christmas. We're kind of reevaluating things and probably open up here in February again as well.
1: So is that also just a pop-up concept? Is that like Tiger Fork as a pop-up? What's what's happening with that? So
3: um, we, we started, Hey Hey was opened for about three weeks and then we opened the last week of February. And then obviously March 17th, everything was shut down. So we were just starting the brand for that. And we had two other locations that we were going to open up Hey Hey Tiger uh, this year as well. And then all of that has kind of got put on the back burner and we'll see how that goes. Um, but oh, yes, it's a it's
1: it concept.
3: It? So it's a, it's a Chinese uh, barbecue meats, roast meats, and then you have vegetables and it's kind of, a, uh, you get to pick, it, your, pick your protein uh, and your base, whether it's congee or rice noodles or uh, egg noodles. Um, yeah. um, and then vegetables as, as well. Uh, and it was, you know, we, yeah, it's a great concept. So I'm happy, uh, to start it and hopefully we can get that back on, on, on the road.
1: Well, that does seem like an, appropriate concept for what we're dealing with now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I mean, click on the website, click what you're ordering and then, you know, it comes put together and it's all set. Yeah. Uh, so, but now you're doing no soup for you.
3: Correct. So, yeah, so obviously you have the, the Seinfeld, uh, reference there. Um, and we thought, you know, the biggest thing that we wanted to do was just do comfort foods and things that travel like, like everyone's doing things that travel well, um, things that people can just reheat. And obviously you get a portion that you can come back to it again, as well as dips and grilled cheeses and little sandwiches that kind of go with it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think, more so than anyone, I'm I'm the same way. I, when I go home, it's like I want to eat something that's just you know probably not the healthiest thing for me all the time. Uh, but it's just kind of things that you, I look back to my childhood and having grilled cheese and tomato soup and having things in the wintertime that my mom prepared for me. Uh, just kind of, kind of nostalgic that you can 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 do that. And then that's kind of what we're representing here.
1: Well, what I think is interesting. I mean, I'm a major soup fan, and I mean, I do cook and I make my own soup. But during the winter I, I want soup every day I mean I could eat it twice a day so but I find that lots of people when they make soups to sell like it's, they're not really hearty soups right you know I mean? like I want I want a meal out of my soup correct right? you know what I mean like I know butternut squash soup is great blah 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 but that's not <laughs> what I want you know like I want something really hearty so what I'm, what I find really interesting is, what you're doing to these soups, because these are real meals.
3: Yes. So
1: can we talk a little bit about some of the offerings that you have? Yeah, sure.
3: So we're doing a, a short a short ribbon parsnip, kind of a stew-like soup that's yeah. uh, been very popular. Um, we have a vegetarian French onion soup as well. Um, and then we also do a, a chicken pot pie with like a cheddar cheese biscuit topping that we, the biscuit serves on the side. So then you can kind of take it home and pop it right on top. Uh, as well as a, a shrimp and andouille gumbo which is super hearty with rice so yeah you are definitely getting that kind of soup entree that people would kind of crave at this time of the year
1: and then thank you for my carb fulfillment because you can also get it served in a bread bowl
3: correct yeah we brought the boule back with the bread bowl so you can get any soup in in in, in that as well as grilled cheese croutons things of that nature that just kind of have some fun play around with that
1: so now, when you were putting the concept together, especially since it's all to go, since dining rooms are closed right now, how did you wanna get it to people? Like, is everything separate? People, have, are there directions? Like, how did you? Yeah, we, have, we have
3: we have directions as well as suggestions and uh, food pairings as well, as well as like drink pairings that we're doing as well with hot drinks. Um, so we kind of just wanted to know, we just kind of, uh, my chef, sh- my chef, Sam there, he, we kind of just talked about how, what would you like to eat and how would you like th- th- this to go? And then obviously you can't like with the French onion soup, you get the crouton on the side that you can put on, on there, but just things that you'd want to eat. Um, and just, we all kind of came up with our favorite soup and then we just kind of started making them, preparing them, trying them out. And then this kind of came up with these, these soups. And obviously we have other soups that we're gonna probably introduce as we go on, so we'll give it a little bit more freshness to the menu every week.
1: So, now when you're um, ordering these soups, you order by how do we order them? We
3: order by quart. Yeah, you order them by the quart. Yeah, they come in about they're about uh, sixteen ounces, and then also we do have a we'll have it this weekend starting where you can get uh, like maybe uh, up to twenty four ounces, so you'll have some if you wanted to put them in the freezer and things of that nature.
1: I think that's smart because that's how I would order it. I would
3: order yeah. Yeah, and when, Especially when you're home and you make your own soup, you don't make soup for one, so you, you make it for you know for 10, 10 servings. So, no,
1: totally with you. Um, but I just I'm a soup person and this really speaks to me, so I totally get it. Let's just go back a bit. So, this is no soup for you, it's out of the fainting goat kitchen. Where do we order this,
3: right? So, you can go to uh, obviously Caviar, DoorDash, as well as Grubhub. Uh, we do also, uh, we prefer if you order it, uh, online from our, from our restaurant and come pick it up. Um, but uh, you know, obviously all those are there to be offered to get delivery.
1: Right. That's great. And just for your other properties, because I know you're doing a variety of things. If you can just tell everybody where, what, who's doing what, like the brunch at Union. I mean, I can't believe I didn't know, but you're still doing the rooftop at Union Market. Right. What is the brunch? Just. Give everybody
3: a quick sure minutes. so we're doing um, we're doing uh, some egg sandwiches smoked salmon up there up there on the rooftop as well as bottomless mimosas uh-huh. uh, and then we have uh, Tiger Fork is still they just put a new menu out at Tiger Fork so that's been very popular obviously I think uh, Chinese food is has been like the, the number two after pizza for being like the most deliverable food ever um, so we just changed the menu there um, we're super excited about that over at Calico, we're doing a tomato pie. So it's a Philly-style tomato pie uh, oh pop-up.
1: I love tomato pie. Yeah. My whole family's in Philly.
3: Like, OK. So yeah, so that we, we have different uh, tomato pies that we're doing over there. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much keeping me busy at this point right now.
1: You sound like you're busy. You yes. Listen, I'm very excited for the soup pop-up. I now have to get my hands on um, some tomato pie. I'll send you my uh, trainer's bill
3: when I start working out with a
1: trainer again. Fair enough. Okay, uh, just tell everybody where they can find you uh, online, please.
3: Yeah, so we have uh, we have the Fainting Goat DC, and that's our our Instagram as well as uh, our website. We have Calico DC, uh, Tiger Fork, um, and that is, uh, and then you have Hey Hey Tiger DC right. as well. So, yep. Excellent.
1: All right. Nathan, thank you so much. And everybody should be ordering some soup. It does feed your soul. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get some sandwiches going on and maybe a little barbecue as, as well because we got Rob
0: Sunderman
1: coming in. This is Nikki Nellis, Industry Night. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC.
1: And we're back on Industry Night. It's pandemic pop-ups on this show. And uh, let's see. We've talked about International Sous-Vite Day. And we've talked about hummus with little sesame. We just got our soup on with Nathan Beauchamp. And now we're going to talk about sandwiches and maybe some barbecue. Because I've got Rob Sunderman on with me. Hey, Rob. How are you? Okay. Hey there, Rob. Nothing like a little technical difficulties when we get- I know.
4: To- I'm sorry about
1: that. <laughs> Honestly, it's, um, it's the name
4: It wouldn't of- be a Zoom call without it. No one else got it out of the way early, so.
1: <laughs> so let's just talk. Let's start a little bit with your background, because you're a barbecue guy. Let's talk about- Yeah, I try to be. Barbecue.
4: Um, so here at, you know, I'm here at Federalist Pig, we've been open for just about four years now. Um, We kind of do a American regional style, don't really like to get boxed into a particular style, whether it be Texas or North Carolina or Kansas City, everyone always wants to try to box you in uh, to a particular regional style. And I'm sort of on the boat of there's like good and bad barbecue. And those are really the only two styles. And if you're kind of trying to do a good job and you care about it, you're probably making good barbecue. And, you know, we've all had bad barbecue before, so.
1: There is nothing more disappointing than bad barbecue. I mean, really, because, you know, when you're ready for barbecue and you're ready for whether it's uh, whatever style you like, but if you're looking for, like, fall off the bone ribs or super smoky chicken or whatever it is, and when you bite into it, if it's dry or – the tang isn't there or it's too sugary sweet it's like oh
4: no yeah I totally agree with you uh
1: okay so you've been doing Feral's Pig for four years yeah and uh you guys have already had some other like things in play right before the pandemic
4: hit yeah we actually have a half-built wall that's like getting knocked down that we you know we're expanding into our space into the space next door for the first couple of years we were open there was a cricket wireless that was right next door to us so we've taken over the lease of that in february we started demoing and knocking our wall down that kind of is in between so in like march we sort of had to put a pause on everything it was you know at first it was the construction team you know sort of stopped working and You know, then, you know, we're everyone's down and we're not paying our bills. So then they're not working because we're not paying our bills. And now we're just about ready to start getting everything back going. We've also got a location out in Hyattsville that um, early on, we realized that, you know, once everything started to slow down, we got a a food truck that we're putting out there that's been sitting out there that we um, we're going to build out a whole location. My partner bought a building out there in Hyattsville. So we're going to build out like an actual brick and mortar. But in the meantime, on the parking lot, we've got a food truck that we're putting out there. That's hopefully we're going to be opened up in the next couple of weeks. Oh, great. Not to mention a couple pop-ups that we got going on as well. So
1: well, we got our hands full a little bit. You do, but let's talk about these pop-ups since the whole show is about pandemic pop-ups. Right. So you guys, listen, everybody pivoted. It's like the word of the show. Like I feel like every time I say right. that people should drink, Um, everybody had to, myself included, we all had to do things in order to figure out how to survive during this. So what did you guys think of?
4: So fortunately for us at Federalist Pig, especially during the very beginning of the pandemic, you know, we were already built out to do heavy to go and heavy delivery. So it didn't really phase us that much. And we were actually a little bit busier for the first couple of months when no one else figured out the sandwiches and the to-go. And, you know, unfortunately all the fine dining restaurants were closed down. So we started this pop-up over at Kramer Books Cafe um, over in DuPont Circle that my partner also owns just to basically get their staff back to work, you know, because they had to lay off like their entire kitchen staff, basically. So we had already run a bunch of these sandwiches here at Federalist Pig. So we, you know, sort of set up in their kitchen there and brought their team back in order to start doing some of this menu. And it's been going well so far. Uh, You know, it's cheesesteak and burger and chicken sandwich centric. Um, You know, uh, sandwiches have always been sort of a thing that I feel like differentiates us at Federalist Pig as far as like the general barbecue scene you know most barbecue sandwiches are just meat on a bun and that's pretty much all you get so we like to get a little bit more creative with our sandwiches and so we were able to spread our wings just a little bit over at uh, the Fedwich Concept to get some you know burgers and some cheesesteaks some stuff that we couldn't do here at Federalist Pig because we don't have a flat top grill um, and they have one over at Kramer, so it was nice to be able to get a little bit creative and do some things over there and get people fed in the neighborhood and get people back to work, which is really like the big thing that I'm happy that we were able to do with that concept is get their team back.
1: Well, I mean, it's such a priority, right? Like, it's so important to, I mean, people want to work, right? It's not, people aren't not working because they don't want to. They're not working, right? you know, the service industry has been, you know, gutted. Um, and I think I do say this on every show literally the week before the pandemic hit I had Kathy Hollinger on the show and we were talking about the reverse problem the problem that like there wasn't enough servers in this town there wasn't enough back of house there wasn't enough front of house like every day right. you know I would get text messages who do you know what do you know like and now you know it's it's, it's, it's like be careful you know sometimes you have to right. know what you say without knocking on wood um, so with Fedwitch so you have this pop-up. You also have um, a wing pop-up,
4: right? Yeah. So we we sort of have always been pretty known for our wings here at Federalist Pig. You know, they're dry rubbed and then smoked. And then we flash fire them and dry rub them again. So we're running that as right, like I'm a so wing. hungry Sorry. right now. I am so hungry right now.
1: Sounds... <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, I know. The, the wings might be my favorite thing on the menu. Um, so we're doing the wings out of Kramer's as well. So we got them a little smoker, um, enough, big enough that they can cook, you know, a few cases of wings a day. And we made some specially curated sauces for the wings over there. Um, you know, we have a hot honey dip for the wings. And then we have a Alabama white sauce that's pretty popular with chicken down south. And then we obviously have our sticky garlic sauce that's been pretty popular here at Federalist Pig for a while. So we got that over there. And I then ranch blue the cheese.
1: Since I'm not from the South, what is that Alabama white sauce? Like, what is it? I don't get it. Like, so, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's definitely
4: something that I totally understand you wouldn't getting. And I didn't get it at first either. It's basically like a coleslaw dressing. You know, it's, it's a mayo base. It's got some sugar, some vinegar, salt, pepper, and horseradish sauce. So it's got like a little bit of a zip to it, a little creamy, a little tangy, a little sweet. It's kind of like perfect for chicken. Um, but it's definitely not a very well-known sauce. So, but, you know, it's weird. You know, it doesn't seem to matter how many different kinds of barbecue sauces you have. You know, everyone asks for whatever they, you know, whatever they're used to from back home. So even though we have like five or six sauces here at Federalist Big, we would get people asking about Alabama white sauce. And, you know, when we first opened, I tried to run it just because I've always liked it. And nobody knew what the hell it was. But, you know, now I feel like maybe the consumer is a little bit more educated. So we tried to, you know, we tried it out with the wings um, concept and people have been liking it so far.
1: Well, so you have me at horseradish. Like if there's horseradish in something, I'm going to eat it.
4: (laughs) If
1: if they had called it horseradish sauce, I would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Alabama white sauce, I'm like, white sauce sounds not appetizing to me. Like yeah, that.
4: the the name isn't particularly appealing. Yes. Maybe we should come up with our own uh, our own rendition of the name. <laughs> I
1: think you should rework it. It's okay. Anyway, all right. So listen, I really appreciate you coming on and you're doing all these concepts. This must be so busy. Let's tell everybody where they can find your menus, uh the pop ups, the barbecue, everything.
4: Right. So at Federalist Pig. You know, we're on all the delivery platforms, but we prefer everyone to order through our platform, just federalistbig.com. And there's a link right there to order online for pickup or delivery. Um, Same thing with uh, FedWings. It's just fedwings.com and there's links for pickup and delivery there. And uh, FedWitch as well, just fedwitch.com. You know, we deliver on Uber Eats, DoorDash and uh, Postmates and KBR now. So um, I think we're working on adding a couple of more. But we prefer pickup just because all those delivery companies, they take, you know, a 15 to 20% commission. And the only reason they're that low is because I think the mayor banned them. Initially, it was almost 30% for Uber Eats. And most of them were in the 15 to 30% range. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone needs the business now. But if you can go and pick up, that's better for all for everybody involved.
1: Well, that is why at the beginning of the show, one of the things I I really want people to think about is first of all, buying gift cards, because it's a great way to just sort of invest right away. Um, And plus, whenever you get a gift card, you know, you're going to spend more. So it's, you know, it's a double way to me, right, to invest in restaurants. But the other thing, uh, it's been very successful for me is, if I'm going to do a big order, like I tell my neighbors, when I'm going Mm. to grab something from downtown, I put it out there. And then I just say, everybody order. So if you can create a little group, of people, uh, especially because I live in the suburbs, And I say, hey, I'm going to go downtown. I don't mind picking up. I love going downtown. So
4: okay. yeah, that's a great idea. Do
1: you know what I mean? So I, I, it's so important to me when I talk to anybody to think, like, if you're going to go pick up food, which is what you should do instead of waiting for Uber Eats, then tell other people in your hood or tell your friends. Um, Kathy Hollinger does it, too. I know uh, Kylie does it. Like, there's a bunch of people who I know do it. Um, nice. but it's a really great way uh, especially if you live outside the city lines to support those restaurants that you love in the city and of course you should also support your restaurants in your hood so Rob I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and I want to thank all my guests for coming on the show today um pandemic pop-ups are no joke and there are so many of them happening around the city now some people are calling them ghost kitchens uh which aren't really true because they're really pop-ups but Uh, The uh, the true ghost kitchen is what Cuisine Solutions is doing up in New York. That Mm. is an actual ghost kitchen. So, uh, but we don't have to get into that today. I do want (laughs) to thank all of my guests for joining me, Gerard Bertolan of Cuisine Solutions, Rob Soderman of Bedwitch, Nathan Beauchamp, No Soup for You, and Nick Wiseman of Little Sesame, Um, You know, you can follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I am on Facebook, but I don't like it. So you can look there, but you're better off on the other two social platforms. Uh, And once again, I am going to beg all of you to please be safe. Be careful during the inauguration week. Follow the mayor's uh, rules. Order ahead of time. Plan on picking up on Tuesday. Nobody should really be in the area on Wednesday. Hopefully by Thursday, we'll be back to a new normal, a better normal. (laughs) Fingers crossed.
4: Yeah, Um, seriously.
1: Right? Please wear a mask, dip your body in hand sanitizer, social distance, be safe, and reserve, order, and buy. Hashtag save our restaurants. I'll see you next week.
0: Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun
1: DC.